should we really be excited about spring training? I know a few potato heads are. Chicago Blackhawks say goodbye to a long-time defenseman. How about those Vegas Golden Knights? They're on a six-game winning streak, baby. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Hey, Potato Heads, how you guys doing? What do you hear? What do you say, L.V.? I think we're doing great. We've got a, you know, we got a little bit of hockey to talk about today. We've got a little bit of uh, Major League Baseball spring training discussions. Hell, we might even throw in a little Chicago Bears talk, my friends. We can even talk a little bit about the Las Vegas Raiders. What's going on with oh them? Oh boy, is right. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you, T Dog, Timothy, and I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, so uh, it's a Sunday, but we, but we've got some business to do attend to first. We do, we do. There we go. Oh, ooh, uh oh, spilled a little bit on the wife's desk. That's not going to be good. That's going to be trouble. All right, let me let me go ahead and crack mine open. Hold on. Oh right now, yeah, this is going to smell like smell like a beer. That's that's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble for clientele. Yeah, right. I need my own client. I need my own clientele, my own office. Thank you. So, I think this is this is much needed. Now, the Blackhawks, as I said in the, in the teaser, they say goodbye to a long defenseman, a defenseman that's been playing for a long, long time. So long that yeah. he and and he's been playing with his defensive partner, Duncan Keith. For years, right there, T Dog. I think you had a little. I believe the yeah. I believe the the longest or the highest games shared total for two defensemen uh, with Duncan Keith and uh, Brent Seabrook. I think is I want to say mid twelve hundreds as far as twelve hundred games played together. Yeah, they've been playing a long so time. That's pretty damn impressive. It's impressive. He he had to retire for injury. I've, he was trying to come back and he had some hip injury, some surgery. And uh, he just he just couldn't be himself, yeah. kind, of, kind of like Taves. He just he's not feeling hundred percent, and he can't give it all because he put it all on the ice. Um, he's not going to play, which is actually a pretty good thing that this is happening because obviously he's he's retiring, so this opens up a spot for maybe you can bring somebody in defensively because the Blackhawks need it. They need somebody defensively. Uh, need the money, you mean? They don't or, need the money. Yeah. No. They need <laughs> they need defense. They need somebody to defenseman. Yeah. Now yeah. they can have they can have they have a pretty decent goaltender when he's on. I'll have to see who was in, in net today. I'll have to look here. I'm gonna look. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, well, you're looking that up. I mean, it's definitely that's a, it's you know it sucks. I mean, Seabrook's he was definitely a big part of the the championship uh, years. Oh, yeah. um, he's the one that had that. Um, uh, I think he's the one that had that overtime goal against uh, the Red Wings in Game Seven, wasn't it? Wasn't yes. it Seabrook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And then he also had, um, and then uh, when we were down two to one uh, against the Bruins in uh, the Stanley Cup, and he got that overtime game to bring us back, or the overtime goal to yep. bring us back even. So he was he was a huge part of those championship years, man. Absolutely, man. So 15, hats off to Seabrook. Hats, hats off, man. That guy, and he he's won a gold medal for 
for, oh, that's right, yeah. for uh, Canada. Uh, 15 seasons, three Stanley Cups, countless memories. Seabrook is announcing his retirement, folks. He's unbelievable. 15 years, man. Remember when that guy had no kids, now he's got kids. Everyone's grown up. On a yep. side note, though, the return of the cat and Kane notches number 400. I know Cat, uh, Debrinket, had, I think, 100 goals and 200 assists all in the same play or something like that. Uh, nice. How could that be? I don't know. Or maybe he he had a goal and assist in the in the same period, so he notched oh, okay. his hundredth goal. He notched his two hundredth assist, and essentially that got you in the same game. Yeah, but uh, today's game was a it was it started off so good. Tim, did you were you able to watch the game at all? I was not. I actually did not. I was trying to catch up on it late this afternoon, but did not get a chance to see and it. it started off good dude it started off with three goals by the blackhawks they were up three nothing i was like ooh okay yeah, against I the read, lightning yeah i read something i read some th- some posts from some friends on facebook and and some various other things that the defense was just brutal for us of they course all kinds of problems defensively that's what i'm saying like you, we we need the blackhawks need as you know, uh, John Mandala was saying in uh we were we were kind of tweeting each other or Facebooking each other, whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever. That was the guy you were gonna fire, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. And uh, he was saying, you know, they re- they really miss a Bufflin, a big guy, clear out the net, push guys out of the side. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was the last. He was the last guy that really was. The bruiser for us, if you think about it. I mean, he was he was a tank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we don't have that. We just don't have that right now. Unfortunately not. Um, so th- they were up three goals. So basically, uh, Philip Khrushchev gets the first goal, gets him on the board. Um, Jan Mark gets the second goal. It's a par play goal. Third goal is by Suter. You like Suter? Oh, yeah. And then power play goal by Tam- I'm not even going to name their names. Tampa Bay scores power play goal, and then their second goal within. Uh, let's see, what do we got? Fourteen plus another nine, so uh, twenty twenty three seconds. They score two goals, and Jeez. then yeah, dude, and then another power play goal, and then another power play goal, and then another goal, and then they. F- cap it off with their sixth goal of the game, which is a power play goal. The Blackhawks gave up three, four power play goals. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, pretty. Well, to get that, and to get that early start against a team like Tampa, who defensively, they're really good. Yeah. And uh, and then to blow it like that, that's, that's frustrating. That sucks a bag of, you know, you know what. Yeah. So basically, Lankinen was in net. I, I would have to say that it was probably not all his fault, especially with all those ding power play uh, yeah. goals. Based on based on what I heard, it wasn't. It was the defense just giving him no chances, uh, which I think it's like that's like it was the last time he was in in net. Same thing. I yeah. mean, and or when Subban was in net, had a ton of quality saves, really. But he was, you know, they're just getting peppered like crazy. Well, Lightning had thirty nine shots on net, forty six, uh, four for five on power play. Uh, 20 hits, 14 blocks, and the Blackhawks had only 25 shots on net, one of four on the power play, uh, 15. They had 18 penalty minutes total. And they had a, a five-minute, I think, was the, yeah, it was them, it was the Blackhawks. They had a five-minute, they had a five-minute major. One of their, I think, offense, defense, I have to look into it. I can't remember the kid's name, but uh, I didn't see the play. I heard it, and it was a five-minute major, man, and game misconduct, meaning he was gone. So they kicked out the Blackhawk player, and they gave him five minutes. That was the same kind of deal, similar deal to the Golden Knights in the playoffs a couple years ago against San Jose. 
but they didn't yeah. score. They, you know, uh, Lightning, I don't believe, scored on... I know they had a lot of power play goals, but I don't think that was all part of the five minutes. It could have been, but I, I want to say it wasn't. Five minutes, man. You, well, you had to hurt somebody to get that. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be interested to know... I mean, I, I didn't look at the stats, but what... Like, I wonder how many actual blocked shots they the defense has at this point. You know, because it just doesn't seem just like said. they're getting in front of the puck. And yeah, I, they're not. Uh, so the yeah. the Blackhawks had ten blocks, ten block shots. That's it. Oh, see, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's just not going to cut it. No, it's not going to cut it. Kubalik had an assist tonight, uh, minus one. Debrinket had nothing. Uh, Jam Mark had a goal and assist, two points plus one. Suter had an assist, uh, goal and a. Uh, excuse me. Kruvershed had a goal. Suter had a goal. Uh, Kane had one assist. Who got with all those? Well, a lot of those power play goals are not going to count as plus minus against you. So, you know, you're not going to see a lot of that. Uh, Duncan, Keith. So basically, the it was Kalunuk. Who the hell is that guy? He's defense. <laughs> he was out, dude. He was out there for. Oh, that shift. Shift total ice time. 44 seconds. He was minus two. <laughs> 44 <laughs> seconds. Total yeah, ice time. That. So, okay. So, total ice time. 10 minutes and 50 seconds. He was minus two. He was out there for 10 minutes. And I think it was Connor Murphy. I think Connor Murphy, yeah, he got the 10 minute. He got the 10 minute, or he got the five minute power play against him and 10 minute misconduct and ejected from the game. And then well, this I know, I, Mitchell guy, he he had 14 minutes. He was also minus two out there. Well, I know the games that I've that I've been able to catch this year, just to kind of look at the defense. That you know, it, the one thing that I see a lot more than I than I'm not used to this with the Hawks defensively is a lot of second, third, even fourth shots that these guys that the 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 other team is able to get. You know, it just seems like they're struggling around the net. I mean, it, and I don't know if it's just the defensive you know, structure that they have or, you know, what they need to do. But it's, it's you know, they're, they're, goal, they're just leaving the goalies to fend for themselves. Yeah. And it's, it's not good. And you, and you can't do it with Malcolm Subban. You, you can't just, I mean, right. he's yeah. come up big. So he was in, in the game last night or the night before. Really last night. I think you guys did a back-to-back against Tampa. Mm. And he had saves. And that you guys won in in overtime. I think it was four to three. Again, another overtime win. Again, you guys are getting some wins with pretty weak teams that you're playing against. It was nice to see you guys well, Tampa's get. Tampa's not weak. No, no, but it was not. But your wins. You haven't gotten a win against Tampa. You had an oh, overtime yeah, win, gotcha. not a straight, straight up, up win. Yeah. No. So it's been nice to see. Chicago getting points, but they the points they should be getting like like they should be winning those games. They shouldn't have to go into an overtime game with Detroit, which they do, which they did. So in the last five games, uh, Chicago has lost three, one two. Both of them were in overtime. Yeah, it just and you end up just kind of middling about in the middle of that uh, standings. Yeah, right. Tampa's in, Tampa's got to be in first, right? I mean, they were they were crushing early on. Yeah. So Tampa, let's see. Right now, Tampa's overall, like for all teams, they're in second place overall for points. They're in first place for their division. Overall, all teams in the NHL overall, twenty three games played. They have seventeen wins, four losses, two overtime losses for thirty six points, but. Don't be afraid, Chicago. Out of all teams, you're in 10th place, which isn't bad. 26 games played, 13 wins, 8 losses, 5 overtime. 5 Who's Tampa's 2? Who's number? Is it New York? Uh, it, oh, probably Toronto. Toronto, yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Toronto, 26 games, 18 wins. Not by, I mean, it's two points out, right? We're talking all, yeah. Okay. you know, we're talking everything. Um, 
But hey, in your division, Chicago, you're in fourth place, which gets you into the playoffs. If it ended today, you guys would be in a playoff. But you're not going to get through first round? Mm, no way. No, well, and I no think way. the play, I mean, right now when you think playoffs, because they're playing, what, 56 games, you said? Yeah, 56. I think, yeah, I mean, we're so we're pretty much about, we're just about halfway through the season, right? Yeah. And who, I mean, who, let's see, it's certainly not, Nashville or Dallas for that. I oh, definitely not Detroit. I mean, who's really going to give them a run at the bottom of that division? No, nobody. I mean, maybe, who's the other one? Who am I forgetting about? Well, let's see. Uh, I'm looking. Not the Panthers because the Panthers, I think, are. Florida? They're in fourth place overall. So it's either yeah, Na- no, it's it's... Nashville or Dallas. Uh, I know. Dallas ain't going to give them a run. Uh, oh, the uh, what you call it? It's the Blue Jackets. Yeah, Columbus. Yeah, Columbus. So they're in 20th place. Up. They have 10 wins, 20, uh, 25 total points. So Chicago's at 31, 27. Well, I mean, they could. It's not like... I mean, da- are they going to replay the Dallas games? I mean, are they going to let Dallas catch up? I mean, yeah, that that would be the only... I could see Dallas, if they're going to let them make up those games, the Stars could potentially spoil some things for the Hawks in the um, whatever the hell you call them. The Correct. And play, yeah. Pilot Central or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, Discover. But Discover Central. Whatever. So, yeah. Da- yeah, so you've got, so right now Chicago's 31 points. They're in fourth place. You've got Columbus at 25. They're six out. You have Nashville 11 out from Chicago's fourth place. 11 points, that is. Dallas at, geez, forever. But they also have seven games they still have to play. And then the hapless Detroit Red Wings, um, 7 and 16 with 17 points. So 17 points for Detroit, 18 points for Dallas, 20 points for Nashville, 25 points for Columbus, and in fourth place, 31. So they, you know, if they continue to win at home, I mean, there's Chicago 7 4 and 2. Um, they're, they're 6 3 and 1 in the last 10. I mean, they're playing decent hockey, uh, but. But if they're playing Detroit and Dallas and Nashville and Columbus, which those are those are the games they're playing, yeah, they're giving the other team an extra point, and they're taking an extra point. Right, they're just not giving any kind of separation. They mm. need to, they need to be beating those teams outright. There's no question. So, yeah, no question. You know what? They're going to have to do it going forward without one of their all time best defensemen. Yeah, well, they're they're going to have to figure but... something. And now, obviously, obviously they've hadn't had him this whole season. So it's not like right. it's uh, it's going to... But I'm sure they were hoping for him to come back because they need somebody. Brent Seabrook... Brett, Brent. Brent Seabrook is a big guy. Not as big as Bufflin, but he's... Right. And he's played the game long enough that he knows. You know, because you, you can split. You can split him and, and Duncan Keith on two different lines. I mean, that's that's stable. Not if you have a defensive guy that's out there for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden he's giving up goals left and right. <laughs> but I remember those days, dude. I remember when Duncan Keith and, and Brent Seabrook were horrible. <laughs> they were horrible. Yeah. Like, I could watch the play fold out, you know, the puck into the corner, into the defensive zone. They both went to the same guy, leaving the guy wide open and, you know, Blackhawks lose. Yeah. And how much of that was just coaching, you know, and these guys were just not playing well. Yeah. And then that was like uh, Dennis Savard was the head coach. They were starting to play a little better. They had gotten Taves. They gotten Kane. But then mm-hmm. you bring in Coach Q, man. Q. I'm telling you, I like him. I like that coach. You know, there's a there's a Facebook um what the hell do you call him? Page or whatever, dedicated, and it, the name of it is Joe Quinville's mustache. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. we'll have to we'll have to grow some out. Now, so Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we're gonna get off of the hapless, sad Chicago Blackhawks. We're gonna flip over to Vegas, baby. Vegas. Speaking of Vegas, uh, T-Dog, uh, I think you're coming out in about two weeks. Huh? We're going to have a live podcast in two weeks. Me and the T-Dog. We're sitting down yeah, at the old ready. LV's house having a... We'll have... Well, you usually have beer. I will have some, too. 
<laughs> yeah, make sure you have a nice, nice ice cold beer for me there. That's oh yeah, no you, question. You got it. So they've played twenty one games. They're sixteen four and one, thirty three total points overall. I think they're like fifth or sixth out of all the NHL teams. But they are ten and two at home, six and two on the road. Their last ten is eight and two. They're on a six game winning streak. And might I add, it was actually quite amusing. So yesterday the Blackhawks, or no, excuse me, two days ago the Vegas Golden Knights are playing San Jose Sharks. Their head coach, which I need to make sure that I get this in here. Their head coach was Uh-oh. really, really, really excited that they almost beat the Golden Knights. Here it comes. Nice. Yeah. So their head coach, which is, his name is Bob... What is it, Bugner? Or what people Sounds like to right. or what people like to call him is The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman or the Boogeyman. He goes Boogie by man? the Boogeyman. Is, is it Boogie or Booger? The Boogeyman. It's actually okay, we're bo- go with that. Yeah, or it could be the Boogeyman. Well, Whatever. You know what if he's getting hit by the smack wagon, we're gonna call him the Boogerman. So rock and roll. <laughs> Boogeyman. So anyways. He says after the game, so the, they, they play the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights have, oh man, they were up. It, the Golden Knights never trailed the game against San Jose. Okay, so the game ended 5-4 in overtime with uh, Max uh, Pacioretty with the game winner. Okay? So it was, right. it was basically, you know, Golden Knights score one. Maybe they score two. They come back, get two. They, I know they were up four to three uh, with about a minute left. And it was a crazy flip in, dump in to the, to the Golden Knights goaltender. And he, he went out to try to hit it with his stick, but it hit off the uh, San Jose Sharks stick and it goes right in with like, I don't know, 25, 30 seconds left in the game. It goes in overtime. Max Pacioretty finishes it off. So the the Boogerman says, you know, we played really well against the Golden Knights. I mean, they're a really good team. Probably one of the best teams in the NHL. Now I'm paraphrasing. But he then says, we played really good. Okay, that's nice. You almost beat the Golden Knights. Almost. But the Golden Knights had their third string court, uh, third quarterback, third goalie. string goalie in. The same goalie that the Henderson Silver Knights use, Oscar Dansk. There's nothing wrong with him. He's a good. He's a good, solid, triple A goaltender, and he's filling in because Robert Robin Leonard is hurt. So they have him in as this as an emergency backup to Flurry. Flurry had already played like 10 games in a row and they were giving him a break because they knew it would be back to back. So he's pretty excited. So so he so he says, you know, Bob the Boogeyman says how great and how good beating his the team third was. Third string goalie was. Yeah. They, or not even beating. Just not even beating. almost beating the Golden Knights. He didn't really talk about the third string. He just said I was really excited. Maybe he didn't know he was the third string. Maybe, Maybe he, he didn't thought know. Flurry was in there. Yeah. So yesterday, San Jose Sharks actually play. They play against Flurry. Oh yeah. So if you guys have been, if if this game was held, now this was in San Jose. So this is the Golden Knights playing on the road both times. If it was in Vegas, and for the Vegas fans out there that listen to the. The, and watch the Golden Knights, you'd be receiving your free box of donuts. Oh, that's right. Every oh. time Flurry gets a shutout, shutout at home, you can go down to Krispy Kreme with your game ticket, hand it in, and get a free box of donuts, baby. So, so from the looks of uh, what I'm seeing on the screen here and looking at you, 
Did they have a lot of shutouts last year? Is that what you're telling me? I ate a lot of donuts. A lot of Krispy Kremes inside oh, that yeah. gullet. Yeah, well, I was fortunate enough to go to those games. Now, because of the whole pandemic thing, you know, kind of yeah. Fs everything up around here, the Golden Knights, any shutout that Flurry has or any um, goaltender has for the Golden Knights, they you can buy a box and get one for free. How about nice. that? I did so not buy guy, one. So the Booger Man is getting a the Booger Man. Yeah, is getting a smack wagon because he wanted to say we almost beat a third string goalie. Hey, you know what? That counts. Yeah, it was pretty did funny. You, did you hear? Well, did you hear the other interesting thing about after that game? I don't know if you, I'm assuming you heard about this. That the uh, after the game, the Golden Knights didn't have anywhere to sleep. Oh yes, <laughs> the yeah. hotel sidebar uh, sidebar shut down. So the hotel that right. they're staying at, did, do you know? Did it say? Does it say which hotel they were at? I don't it was know. The I think it was the Fairmont. If I if I remember reading correctly, it was the Fairmont that they're they're in deep. You know, five hundred million dollars in the red or something like that. Yeah. And, they're going to shut down for a couple of months to try to, you know, get some investing or get try to recover. Uh, yeah, they they said it was host, it was after the overtime game, so which was what Friday? Yeah, that was uh, Friday. Was yeah. Friday. Yep. Yeah. So they left the game and they couldn't get back. They couldn't get to that hotel. They had to scramble and find. You know, maybe they went to the Red Roof Inn or <laughs> the Red Roof no Inn. I like it. Well, you uh-huh. know, the Golden Knights. They they were told they had to leave the hotel because the hotel was. In bankruptcy. Yeah. Which yep. is funny. I, I didn't think bankruptcy worked that quickly. <laughs> which... Oh, when you are when you have nothing to pay to even keep the lights on, it's time to shut everything down. Oh, yeah. Down. So, there but, you go. But, you know, you know, they've paid for all those rooms, you know. Where'd that yeah. money go? Well, <laughs> that, so, that money went to the how conv- table. Yeah, right. How convenient. Maybe Kane... Mm-hmm. Maybe Kane took Maybe, it. You know, you keep in mind, they may pay for all that shit in advance. And that money was already spent, you know, six months ago. That's true. Yeah, they're not walking in there with a credit card going, yeah, we got, you know, 25 guys staying here tonight. Here, here's my credit card. They're it, not doing that. You no, know, but it could have been, Evander Kane could have stole the money and then gambled it because he does like to do that. Just there saying. There you go. Just saying. So, yeah, VGK goes ahead and gets this sixth win on Saturday. And then uh, Blackhawks had a back-to-back. They... They beat the Lightning in overtime yesterday. They come back and get hornswoggled. I think is the key term there, T Dog. <laughs> hornswoggled. Hornswoggled. So yeah, yeah. I know uh, uh, it's been nice to see some really good play. It's been nice to. It's been really hard struggling with the Blackhawks. It really is, man. It's you know. Like I, I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed with the th- with the three goals in the first period, or first and second period. I was like, "Damn, okay, here we go, here we go." Yeah, again against a team that doesn't give up a lot. That's <sighs> man, tough. And well, then it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be a real fun season there, T Dog. It's gonna be real fun, real fun, real good. There you go. So what do you got uh, for the Cubbies, man? I, I'm telling you, listen, the potato heads out there, and I think even you, I mean, Chicago goes to spring training and beats the L.A. Dodgers 7 to nothing. The world oh, championship. Yeah, the world champion Dodgers. L.A. Dodgers. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think, I think you guys are World know, Series bound. World yeah. Series. No, 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 no. You got to remember. I mean, s- spring training is is really you're working out the kinks, figuring out who's going to fit into the last few spots that you need uh, to fit in. You got position battles and things that are going on, and that's really what what's what drive what's the driver behind spring training. It's not oh my god, you know, the team that with the best record in the spring training is going to win the World Series. Doesn't work like that. Um, but you know what? You it's okay to think that when you look at the Cubs. Uh, you know, yeah, they're playing well right now. But right now, the Cubs. I think the biggest thing for them is figuring out. You know, did did they do enough in the starting rotation? Right. I mean, they got to figure out who's going to kind of 
fill that rotation behind, you know, we talked already about Hendricks and Zach Davies, and now, of course, Jake Arrieta. Um, you got all kinds of names out there that are going to try to fill that in. Al Zalay, Alec Mills, um, who's the other guy they brought in? Trevor Williams. Uh, yeah. And I think Cole Stewart is also in the mix. So, you know, they've got some things they got to figure out in the rotation. And also at the bullpen. I mean, yeah, they got their closer. He's not He's not the most exciting, um, you know, in, in the business. But Kimbrell's there because we're paying him a ton of money to be there. But, you know, do have the right guys to set him up and the guys to be, you know, your long relievers and your middles and your swings and things like that. So they've got to figure that out. And then also at second base. I mean, you know, yeah. you've got your first baseman, you got your shortstop, you pretty much have your outfield now with Hayward and Peterson and Ian Happ. And, um, but what are you going to do at second base? And, and be quite honest with you, I'm surprised there really is a question about this because I know that, you know, you've got David Bodie in there that they want to get some at-bats to, and he's very versatile. Can He can bounce around pretty much anywhere. Um, but Nico Horner was in the gold glove conversation last year. So – a lot of eyes on him, I think, and also El Demaro Vargas or whatever his name is, are also trying to, you know, give him opportunities. But, you know, Horner, that is going to be the key difference for me because I think if he can continue, if he can hit the ball like he did early on in his career in the minor leagues and continue the type of defense that he had, he's he should be the everyday second baseman for the Chicago Cubs. And, yeah. he's, and he actually is playing right. He is playing really well right now. Um as a matter of fact, through the first three games that he's played, he's got seven hits in eight at-bats, um, which if he continued at that clip in the major leagues, it would be an all-time record, 875 on pace per seven. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or 875 batting average, whatever you want to call it. So um, he's even got a home run, which he's not a powerful kid, but, you know, um, he's, he's he can steal a base. He's not the fastest guy out there, but he's a versatile versatile. Uh, a player, and um, I think he wins the outright second base uh, 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 competition there. But again, that's what you're doing in spring training. You're trying to figure out who's going to plug in where. You got some competition at you know different parts of the field. Sure. Um, and right now, um, you know, I, I I know you and I were kind of chatting about this before. the The thing with me that's kind of surprising is you know you look at the Cubs and they've got some pretty big names that are free agents right now. And of course you've heard nothing but trade rumors all winter long yeah. around Chris Bryant. Um, Javier Baez's name's been thrown out there. Contreras. Anthony, yeah. Contreras, who's got another year of team control, but still. And um, even Anthony Rizzo. I mean, these are guys that are all free agents. Now it makes me wonder, are the Cubs, is the Cubs brass, now here's the thing. There, there's probably no way they're going to be able to sign all three of those guys to a long-term deal, even if they wanted to. I mean, financially, it's just probably not going to work out. Um, so maybe two out of the three, and most likely one out of the three that they'll be able to lock up. Which I'll tell you who I think that needs to be. But you look at the those three guys becoming free agents at the end of the season. Are the Cubs basically going to see? Hey, are we going to suck balls out of the gate? <laughs> And so you think they'll trade the farm? Yeah. yeah. And then just sell the farm in July and get, and just try to reel it in again. They're banking on who Bryant Rizzo and Baez to have good enough seasons so that their trade value is good and can help a team down the stretch. But presumably if they're doing really good, then maybe the Cubs won't be bad enough in order to trade, you know, trade guys away. Um, and again, Assuming they do expand, continue with the expanded playoff structure, yeah, then that trade market is going to be a little bit weaker because, as far as you know, a seller's perspective, because a lot more teams will still be in the hunt in July. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be so many games out of the wild card, and it's just not like it was before. Because oftentimes, when you look at the wild card standings, you're looking at how far you are out of that wild card standing but also how many teams you have to leapfrog, especially if you're leapfrogging teams outside of your division. So um, so anyway, that's the part of me that I'm just, it's so frustrating not knowing what they're going to do, and it makes me think they're just going to wait to see. And the longer you wait, the more expensive this could get. And if the Cubs could only hold on to one of the three, I'd want it 
to be Javier Baez. But I think the most logical choice would probably be Anthony Rizzo. Really? Because they don't yeah, because they don't have they don't have anything at first base. And what scares me is actually they've made some recent moves. They actually just traded for this kid from uh Pittsburgh, uh first baseman. I can't even remember his name. It's a weird name, like um apostle or a, a, a parstal or something, or postal. Um and he's a first baseman, he's raw, he's he's still young. I want to say he's probably barely twenty years old. Okay. He's like 6'5", 250 pounds. Yeah, I mean, the guy has a tank. But beyond him, they don't. Have, I mean, they don't really don't have anybody at first base in yeah. the minor leagues that's that's scaring anybody. So, you know, Rizzo is the kind of guy that's going to give you Gold Glove first base play. He's going to get on base. He walks. You know, he could give you twenty to thirty home runs a year. Yeah. Uh, he's an obviously a great clubhouse guy, right? Um. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. It may, it's it's just frustrating to see, and it just makes you wonder: Is this just a we're either going to see the Cubs, you know, play well enough to make a run for it and maybe make some moves at the All Star break themselves to get better and go for it, or we're going to see one shitty Cubs play uh, season and bunch of trades? What are you hoping I for? Know. I mean, what's the ideal? Where? How do you feel? Obviously, it sounds like. This year is not going to be a good year for the Cubs. I don't know if they're going to be able to make the playoffs. Maybe third in their division. Maybe. Maybe second. Maybe. Eh. It's the pitching well, that's horrendous. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the pitching, and I don't know why you would think that Arietta would be the guy you need. Well, that's the thing. And, and the, you know, seasons are not won and lost on paper. And that's that's obviously when you look at what the Cubs have done on paper, that's when you're scratching your head or you're bowing your head saying, shit, this is going to be a bad year because it, they they went backwards, right? And they won the division last year mainly on defense. The, the defense was stellar. Their mm-hmm. their hitting was brutal. I mean, they just couldn't – they couldn't figure – they would not be able to hit them hit their way out of a wet paper bag last season. I mean, it was just absolutely brutal. And the Cubs are basically gambling that that was a fluke. It was the strike short or strike the COVID shortened season and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're banking. These guys are going to come back. And again, we talked about this, I think in the podcast before where these guys have a vested interest in being a lot better this year because they're free agents. They're in their walk year. And generally you want to play as best as you can in your walk year. Yeah, which you should play best as you can every year, but there's just that's in the back of their mind and so on and so forth. Yeah. So what would I want? Here's the thing. I want to win. There's no question. I want to win. And if that means that the Cubs win and put themselves in a position where those players say, you know what, guys, screw you. You didn't want us around. Yeah, we just want, you know, maybe they get, you know, they get themselves into the playoffs and maybe they make a run, whatever. But they're still going to be sitting on, you know, trying to figure out a way to get those three guys, you know, signed or some combination of them. Um, that could put the Cubs back uh, significantly if they don't make a move there. Um, so, you know, of course I want them to win. But if they're not going to, you know, you got to make a move then and say, sure. Okay. No, I know. Yeah. You've already said all that. The question, though, is, is it. Is it more so, will you be happy with the fire sale? Will you be happy with them trading away the majority for for future picks? Maybe for some mediocre players? I mean, you can't be happy with Azalea's performance today. No. 1.1 innings pitched, four hits, five runs, five earned runs, two walk batters, and one home run for an ERA of 19.29. You kidding me? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's worrying Cub fans out there. And, you know, yeah, I would I would want them to get as good of a return. Look, bottom line is their their um uh, minor league system is is poor. It is. I mean, it's just, you know, years yeah. of making trades and looking to compete and you know, we got gutted on a few significant ones which one of them went to your your team. You know, Eloy Jimenez is, I think, is going to be a, a very phenomenal uh, player yeah. in, the, in the future here. So um, we lost some significant uh, capital when we sent guys over to get um, 
uh, Chapman. Now, again, I wouldn't do anything differently. I mean, that's the nature of the game. I mean, you're you're in a position where you just need one or two more pieces and you are going to be dominant. You know, granted, we almost lost, but we figured out a way. We came back and we won. I'll that I'll never do anything different than what we did, right? I wouldn't say, okay, maybe we shouldn't have traded, you know, Chapman or, or for Chapman or whatever. Sure. No, we needed to do everything that we did that season. We got our win great. Now we're dealing with the rest of that. Can we use these guys to rebuild a depleted minor league system? Maybe we have to. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, but if I, if I, you still need guys that can compete, guys that are going to give you good clubhouse. That's Anthony Rizzo. We got to figure out a way to keep that kid. I say kid, he's probably 30, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, you remember when we were at the, I, my wife flew me out to Chicago for my birthday. Unexpected, like I didn't know. Remember that? Surprise. Then she, yeah, I know you don't remember much. No, my memory sucks. A but bag. she oh, bought yeah. us tickets to the Cubs White Sox in. I do remember that. We yeah. were right on the field. Yeah. And remember, we were there for batting practice. Yeah. And we're like, who the hell is this kid? Yeah. It was a law. It was gone. Long fly. Uh, he was smoking. Was that, was that Rizzo? That was Rizzo. Okay. That's who we were watching. We're like, good God. Who's this guy? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, at that time, I mean, Epstein was connected in Hoyer, I believe, uh, when Rizzo was drafted or uh, with Boston. I know he was with San Diego. And I don't know if Boston drafted him and then he went to San Diego and then the Cubs got him from San Diego or vice versa, whatever the case may be. But yeah, yeah it was Boston. they had some connection there. So they knew they knew that he was. Um, you know, that he had some, you know, really good contact hitter, good defense. He was raw, and he had some work that needed yeah. to do, which he did. That's fine. But, you know, he's the best first baseman by far that you have in the organization. And the second best first baseman you have plays on the other side of the diamond, and mm-hmm. that's Chris Bryant. And he's also a free agent. So yeah, they got, they got some issues. guys that are going to man a pretty damn important position on the field. Well, you're right, dude. Uh, you know, the White Sox are definitely in a better position. Obviously, they have some players that they're they have for a few years and up and coming, like you said, Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, and uh, they've got also got Roberts. Uh, they Abreu, who is I think Abreu wasn't Abreu uh, MVP. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of those guys was. I mean, the White Sox have that they've got some players. Now they yeah. they lost today one to nothing, but they now they're one and three in the so far in or one and four in um in the um you know spring training. But you can't obviously just like I was kidding around with you with the Cubs, you know, oh the, hey they beat the Dodgers. You can't hold breath. You you know pitchers are only getting one maybe two yeah, innings, one or two innings exactly. Uh, they're gonna come out. When they come out and have their whole lineup in, uh, I think we're going to see some pretty pretty crazy stuff. You know, I think we're going to see some really good games. I think we're going to see some wins. Hell, even Tim Anderson, who's the biggest focal point on that White Sox team, is like, we're the, you know, he's already said it in, in dude, spring training. We're the best team in MLB or the Central or whatever the fuck he said. Well, it's good to have that confidence. He's always had that confidence. Mm-hmm. So you know, I you, listen. Yesterday they played. Um, they played Cleveland. They ended up beating them seven to nothing. But you know, uh, what do we got? Robert. Robert was in. He was three at bats, two runs, two hits, one strikeout. You got Eaton, Adam Eaton, which is a longtime favorite White Sox uh, fan. You know, like he's been with the team before. I always think he's going to be really good in the clubhouse, you know, probably chilling down Tim Anderson's, you know, vibe for the old man, you know, <laughs> old drunky. He had three at-bats. He was two runs, two hits, one RBI, struck out once, but not bad. I'm just looking at, and they really didn't play anybody else of any significance, but they've got some pitching. They've definitely got some hitting. Um, well, I, well, I think there's no que- yeah, I think there's no question 
from a, you know, as far as who they're going to put on the field, you mentioned Anderson and Eaton and um, Abreu. I'm not sure if he, I think he won the, the MVP. I think you're right on that, but yeah. Um, you know, you didn't mention Moncada and Luis Robert and yeah. um, who's yeah, the second said Robert. baseman that uh, um, Nick uh, Madigral or Mad- whatever the hell you pronounce his name. Uh, so Mendrick. Their lineup is Mendick. Is it Mendick? No, Ma- no, no. It's Madigral or Madigral. Uh, see, I'm not even. It doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the same thing with the Sox. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, we talked about Cubs camp. Sox camp right now, their biggest thing is is also their pitching. They're looking to see how they're going to figure out what how that rotation and how their bullpen is going to look and things like that. Um, and they've got some some other battles as well, but not really from a starting position perspective like the Cubs are. I mean, right now the the biggest question is who's going to back up Grandal. I think he's hurt. I don't think he's actually played. He messed up his knee or his ankle or something like that so mm-hmm. um you know you got lucroy who's who's going to be kind of challenging uh for that backup spot i know that um there's that uh zach collins i think is the other one uh who's got some power and got some pop in the bat i forgot who the other two or three clowns are that are uh trying to battle for a spot but you know it's same thing i mean the Sox are trying this is what you do in spring training try to figure out you know fill out the back end of your bullpen find out who's you know actually yeah. been training in the off season and, and trying to stay in shape and who came to camp looking like a, you know, a tub of lard and can't freaking run out of the box anymore and shit like that. And those guys find themselves either being, you know, designated for assignment or released and you, you fill out your rotation and your, and your lineup and everything else. So yep. um, I, agree. I think the Sox are, they're definitely going to be excited about the offense that they're going to put on the field. Um, they're going to have some pop. They're going to hit some home runs. I mean, you mentioned Abreu. Jimenez, I think, is going to hit some home runs. Um, Robert's got power. Oh yeah, right? I mean, he can hit. He can hit home runs. So I think they're going to they're really going to hit be hitting the ball out of the park a lot this year, and it's going to be fun to watch. Well, I can tell you this: this might be something we want to do, bro. Uh, the White Sox. I know you're not a big White Sox fan, but it w- it would be kind of cool to cover like one game, especially yeah. you being in Texas. Um, the White Sox play. The Astros on my birthday, Friday, Ooh, June eighteenth. About a six-hour trek by car. Yeah, well, it's Five gonna and a half, roughly whatever. It's gonna be a X amount of hour flight for me. So they play the Astros. I was trying to see if they play. Actually, that said, yeah, I, I, if that were the case, I'd say hell, it fly into Houston. I'll fly down to Houston. Yeah, because <laughs> that'd probably be like a you know an hour flight. Correct. Or probably less than that, 45 minutes up and down. Why go. not? Let's just get there. We'll rent the car. We'll go. Oh, that that sounds like fun. Look at that. Is it a Sunday? Is it oh. a Sunday night? Because then we'll bring the 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 uh, podcast gear and <laughs> podcast well, in the in the hotel lobby. We can absolutely. So here's the thing. Uh, September, the White Sox also play the Rangers. Okay, uh, that would make more sense because that's literally 45 minutes from my house. Correct. 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 But the for my birthday, dude, that that might June eighteenth, dude. Let me go back. So June eighteenth, the White Sox are at. They're playing a four game set, dude. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe I fly out. Maybe we both fly out for Friday and go to the game. That'd be kind of fun. There you go. And then uh, we then we fly back to your place, party it up, have a live set. Bring the uh, bring the because this thing is portable, dude. I could totally bring it, the mics and everything. Just go live right at the game. Call the game. Rock and roll. Be kind of fun. I don't know if we'll call the game, but it'd be fun to, to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, that is a that is absolutely something we can consider, we can talk about. Um, I was looking to see if the – I was going to see if your team, well, the Cubs, but really I want to see if um, – where are they? Spit it out. No, the um, Texas Rangers. Yeah, I want to see what their regular season schedule looks like. Maybe they probably don't play the Cubs, huh? No. Wouldn't that be awesome if they did? Well, they did la- not last year, but the year before. So they won't play them until next year. And next year it'll probably be in Chicago. Because last the year before last they played in Texas. They actually opened the season against Texas. So we can maybe we can. When's your birthday? Although, actually, don't forget what the other thing I told you. 
Chicago Bears will most likely be in Vegas this year. If they go. If they go with the 17-game schedule. If they go with the 17-game schedule, then they're going to take the like-for-like record against a the AFC division, one of the AFC divisions that the team is not playing uh, that season already. You know, So, for example, if they're pay, playing the AFC East, uh, New England, the Jets, so on and so forth, uh, it'll it'll rotate between the other three that you're not playing. You'll play the your position team in that that opposite conferences uh, division. So if that if they do approve it, the Bears will be going to uh, Las Vegas. Um, and I think I forgot to he I forgot why they said. Um, oh, so what they're going to do also in that regard, so that. Um, teams within your division don't have an unfair number of home games. Okay. That whatever that game is will always be hosted by the same conference. So, for example, if they approve it, this year those games will all be hosted by the AFC teams. So every AFC team would have nine home games and eight road games okay. and every NFC team would have eight home games and nine road games. And that's how the, they'll flop that back and forth. That way you don't have a situation where a division foe potentially had more home games than you did. Yeah. So it. it is an interesting way they're doing that. If they pull the trigger on that and that, you know, a lot of that has to do with money and sure. know, making, um, you know, the, the preseason less relevant. We didn't even have one this year and mm-hmm. we obviously had a good season. So, um, I'm all for it, man. I think it's I think it'd be cool to kind of throw in that extra uh that extra AFC game, you know, if you're in the NFC obviously. A- absolutely. Uh, now, each year. I have a couple friends out there that have season tickets. So I definitely will be reaching out to them if the Bears are go. playing. One of them I believe is the second uh like box area, second level. And then the other one has two tickets. How t- many tickets do they have? Four, I believe. That's what we need because you know Steve would come out. And then else. I've got another connection that has two and then two in front. So two and two in front. Uh, row 13. in the They call Ooh. it the, block, the black pit. Whatever that is. So I guess the Raiders. So it's in the end zone. Where all the oh, Ra- it's in the pit. That's where all the crazies have their yep. black and silver faces. Yep. And, oh, yeah, that'd be a great place to watch a game. Row 13. A, oh. So oh, yeah, nice. row 13 and row 12, two and two. There you go. So I got to schmooze some people, but I, you know, there, there's obviously going to be opportunity to get tickets if I can't get it from them. But those people have mentioned that they have season tickets. And I said, I'll go if the bears are playing. I'm not really into going. I wouldn't mind seeing the stadium, but I don't need to see the stadium for the Raiders. I'll watch them right. on TV. It's fine. Nice. But yeah, so the bears, uh, could they possibly get picking up Alex Smith? The Bears are are at a significant crossroads under center, and Smith is about to be released by Washington. What better fit well, he's than released? They did release him. Okay, so what he's, better fit to reunite his old Chiefs offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy, in Chicago? Smith proved he still can sling it. We saw him; he was five and one as a starter with the Washington, uh, with the Washington team. We'll say. So uh, I, you know, I don't think that's that's the answer that I'm looking for in a quarterback. He's what thirty seven, okay, thirty six. How old is he? He's got to be up there. Thirty six. Um, he's thirty six. Yeah, he was five and one. He wasn't necessarily slinging it. It's not like he was tearing it up out there. I think Washington actually played pretty well defensively in those games last year, uh, where they were winning. Um, you might call that winning in spite of. And in because of so I, I don't know about that, but here's the thing: I you're not looking for or I, let me just let me say that differently. I don't think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are looking for this year's answer, specifically just this year's answer. And that's really all Alex Smith, Alex Smith does for you is it buys you some time. It, now, if they were to sign Alex Smith and he leads them significant to significant success sure. in a playoff run and deeper, then maybe. But I don't. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing about, I mean, about if, this is I don't know that they're literally a well, a 
an old injured quarterback away from making it happen. Okay. I just okay. don't see it, dude. Should should he be able to stay healthy for a full season? This might end up being the next chapter of Smith's incredible comeback tally. But the question is, though, could Smith vault the Bears from a seventh seed to something greater? And if he does, if he does, as you said, well, you know, is this really the one thing that they would need to for their jobs? Of course. Pace and Nagy are, both have their jobs on the line. So they're they're motivated to win now. And they can't right now they can't. I mean, we talked about the well, we I don't know if we talk, talked about this on the on the uh, podcast, but when we're talking about Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. you know, what do the Bears have to do to get if they wanted to even entertain the idea of Russell Wilson? Now we said when we were talking offline, Russell Wilson's demands of what teams he would go to are teams that probably are not going to be willing to deal with him because a they have cap you know we do too but we would be the most likely scenario the 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 bears would be the most likely to scenario to possibly do something for russell but you gotta restructure like five people t you gotta let go you gotta let go uh which they did buster screen he had he had to go Right, right. They didn't save much, but they saved some, and they did. All, they're also looking to. I know they. I read they're looking to restructure Cody White here again. He's been. He's already been restructured two or three times. But um, let me ask you this: yeah. Take Alex Smith and put him on the team last year. Are they better than a seven seed? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are you sure? I mean, yeah. think about this, dude. Alex Smith. I. I. I get the win loss. That was not because of him, dude. I want to say he was turning the ball over. I know he had more interceptions than he did touchdowns last year. Alex That's Smith? not a recipe for success. That's let's... okay. It's just not. I, I I know he did. I don't know exactly what it is. It wasn't a big number because he only played in like seven Six, or eight games. Yeah. But, but he he only he had more inter. He could not stop turning the ball over last year. Okay, even in the short time he was playing. That's not the answer for the Chicago Cubs. Chicago well, first Cubs. off, it's Chicago definitely Bears, not the answer for the Cubs. Cubs. What's that? It's definitely not the answer for the Cubs. Right. Sure. No, well, who knows? Maybe it will be. Um, I don't know how Alex Smith's, you know, fastball is. But here's the thing. You know, the whole thing with with um, Russell Wilson, and we talked about this, dude. What are you going to have to give up to get the to get the guy? Because you can't afford him right now, which means you're going to have to give up some cap space. And, you know, if you're Alex or if you're Russell Wilson and you're going to come to Chicago, don't you want to come to Chicago because they've got a good defense? Yeah. That's can help you win on that side of the ball. Well, what if you know if the Bears have to send him Khalil Mack or they have to well, send We talked him, about that, right? So we talked you know? about that. So we listen, Potato Heads, we talked about what Bears would need to do. They would have to send Khalil Mack away. They have to cut some serious money. And th- there's no way of Corey Fuller makes 20 million and you can't even restructure him. At least it didn't give me the option to. Well, he's in the final year. He's in the final year of his contract. So there's nothing to restructure. And <laughs> he's getting all okay. his money unless you sign him to an extension and wipe that one out. But okay. The NFL but players but, association would frown upon that. Okay. But here's the thing <laughs> to bring Russell Wilson in at 19 million. And pay Corey Corey Fuller, um, Fuller, Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller. excuse me, twenty million is kind of funny. It makes me laugh. Well, but yeah. we talked about it, so but, we restru- We first up, cut Buster. We 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 cut Leno. We cut like certain players that we know suck, and then we restructured like four or five people, and we signed uh, a Rob to a seventeen million dollar. Uh, one time, um, what do you, franchise, franchise tag. tag? So we were able to keep the because regardless of who you bring in, you still need people to throw to, right? Well, not only do you need people to throw to, but you need to replace people. That, here's the thing: they get rid of 
Khalil Mack for for Russell Wilson, fine. Well, who are you going to put in for Khalil Mack? Because you're still going to be strapped for cash. So you can't go out there and make a major play for anybody on that defensive line. So you've made yourself con- considerably weaker. You have a piece of shit at the other side with freaking Robert Quinn that you're paying a ton of money for. Yeah. And you can't get rid of him. Did you just you, say you, piece you, of shit? Wow. Well, I, he is. He's not good. He's not he, He's not holding I, up to his money. Him. Yeah. He's not worth yeah. the, I mean, the so amount of again, money. I, I, Thanks, Pace. Unfortunately, the, if if the Bears had a situation where they were they had some cap room, and they could make some some moves to bring in a guy like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson and be able to absorb that money, versus overpaying for some shitty guys that are on the market right now, like you know that just aren't the answer, like Alex Smith or Fitzpatrick or whatever, then it would be good. But we're not. We're literally in double hell. We've got no money. And we've got a shitty draft position, and we don't have any really good assets to trade. Correct. So it's like so, the trifecta of okay, shit. Okay, that's fine. So you got triple triple S. Here's the thing, though, T. Either they got to do so. Even if they okay, so let's say that they did. They got rid of some of their defense. They cut some people. They restructured everybody, and they got Russell in. Is the team going to be any better though? Offensively, well, offensively, probably better. Defensively, probably a step back. There again, we're in the same problem. Now, you're right. Uh, Alex Smith had six touchdowns to eight picks last year. Yeah. Yeah. He also picks in like six games. Seriously? He's got to go. So, uh, six, so we use 66.67%, 1,582 yards. I should I should do I should put him up compare him to like um our boy. I think there's a splits in here. So maybe I could put another name in there or something. Probably not. Oh, that splits are Sundays. So anyways, basically yeah, but listen, before his injury, okay? He had played with Kansas City Chiefs. He played 15 games and he threw for over 4000 yards. And he had 26 touchdowns to five picks. That's not bad. That don't suck. That's not great. That's not a, that's not a, how do we make a earth shattering decision at the most important position on our team to remain employed? But Pace, yes, but Pace and, and Nagy, they don't have a lot of options, dude. No. They don't. And the reason why they don't have a lot of options, not so much Nagy, but Pace, because Pace put them in this position. What were they thinking, though, when they were like, well, let's bolster up defense. That's fine. But let's get this guy Quinn. Let's get some other pieces here. Let's let's make the defense better because defense wins Super Bowls. And that is very true. Defense does win Super Bowls. We can name Super Bowl players in the past, quarterbacks, that suck. But they got there and they won because their defense was the best defense in the NFL. Off the top of my head, Ravens. Well, but that's why, you know. Yeah, but that's not that's not what you know. They they had their young quarterback. I mean, that's the recipe, right? You either have yourself a stellar quarterback that's making tons of money, and you're figuring out ways to build the team around them through draft and smart decisions because they're eating up a ton of your cap room. Yeah. Or B, you've got a young quarterback that's not eating up a ton of cap room, like Trubisky was not. So you were able to put money into the defense, make it good enough. Uh, the Bears failed to make the offensive line good enough. and uh, yeah. But that's where their mindset was when they made the moves that they made to improve that defense. So I, I just, again, I know we started on Alex Smith here, but... I just don't think he's the answer. And if I think if the Bears make that decision, then I think they take some significant steps backward and Pace and Nagy will be gone before 2022. You think Nagy will be gone or Pace? I think they both they're both going to go. If if that's if that's what happens. I don't Alex Smith isn't the answer. It's not the answer, but 
there's no there's really no other options, right? Well, I mean, that's what we're going to see. So we'll, get, we'll we'll see soon. So how many games is coming up? So okay, so so Mitch played ten, 10 games. Smith played eight, what? 6. And Mitch had 16 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. He was sacked 18 times. I mean, that's huh? not terrible. I don't. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, the, stop the, with your Alex Smith love, okay? He's not the freaking answer. I understand. But, How many times, I'm not. Stop dropping stats on me like you're, you're freaking no, John I'm just, Clayton. This from is ESPN. Mitch. It Mitch is not. I'm saying Mitch matter. isn't terrible. You almost, you might as well just live and die by the guy. It's that, that ship has sailed. If I was Mitch Trubisky, I'd say go pound sand if they wanted to say, hey, we want to bring you back. He's going to go somewhere else. I think he's going to go to New England. And Bill Belichick's going to have another 15-year run with, you know, <laughs> Super Bowls coming out like crazy. And Bears fans are basically going to have to be talked off of ledges all over the city of Chicago. I, I, I'm kidding, but there you go. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'll tell you this. Monday Morning Couch Potato fans. Keep listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes because we're going to have some live events coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're also going to be hanging out together. Me and the T-Dog. Also, you have been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MM Couch Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potato Podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening, my potato heads. And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>